It is August 19th, 2021. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. And this is a very special edition of the podcast. This is not a boxing edition. If you're looking for boxing, please look at the archives. There's plenty to choose from. Most notably last week, I broke down the Udenis Ugas, Manny Pacquiao fight this following Saturday. I also take a look forward at the schedule and how the rest of the year can be fixed after all of the unfortunate cancellations and postponements that we went through earlier in the year. This is a pro wrestling edition. If you have no interest in that, please exit this podcast now because it's not for you. This is talking about how we are less than 24 hours away from one of the biggest weekends in wrestling history, at least modern history. I would say this is the most important weekend in the industry in the last 20 years. And you're saying 20 years? Hmm. 20 years ago, WWE purchased WCW. ECW also went out of business. This following weekend could lay the foundation of what I like to call the third boom period. Now, wrestling was huge in the 30s, 40s, 50s, way before our time. So I'm talking about the last 30 years or 35 years. There's only been two boom periods. The mid-80s with the rock and wrestling connection. And I'm not talking about Dwayne Johnson. I'm talking about the rock and roll wrestling connection with the launch of MTV and the launch of WWF into the mainstream. They collaborated with rock stars and other musicians and celebrities, which helped lead to WrestleMania. That was the first boom period. Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, stuff like that. Mr. T, Roddy Piper. The second boom period was probably where you and I have most of our fond memories of wrestling, and that was the late 90s, the Attitude Era. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Degeneration X, WCW, Monday Night Wars, Raw, Nitro, going back and forth, competing for ratings, competing for fans. That was the second boom period. <clears throat> this following weekend, in my opinion, has a chance to become the third boom period. But before I talk about the future, and before I talk about the present, let me take you back. Because a lot of people listening to this podcast may be wondering why I'm even talking about wrestling. Like, I thought this was a boxing podcast. Well, this isn't just a boxing podcast. This is just Juan's opinion on whatever the hell I want to talk about. So when I was a kid, pretty much as far back as I can remember, wrestling has been a part of my life. Uh, my parents weren't really wrestling fans, but my great-grandfather, who I actually never met, apparently was a tape collector at some point, as much as I can gather. Because as a kid, I had all these obscure videos of different matches from like the 80s and uh, I think even before that, or early 80s at least, 
but <clears throat> stuff before I was even born, I had tapes of that were recorded matches um, that as a kid, I kind of always assumed they were in WWF, but now as I'm older and I look back at some of the matches that I remember, those were from Mid-South Wrestling and other Southern territories that weren't even available around in the East Coast, so... Based on that, I'm assuming he was trading tapes because that was a big thing back then. Um, but he was definitely a huge wrestling fan. And by, I don't even know, by chance, I guess, my mom had those tapes. Uh, showed them to me as a kid for whatever reason. And I just latched onto it and have loved it ever since. I've always loved the tongue-in-cheekness, the athleticism, the characters, the stories. Um... The intensity sometimes, the mythological aspects, the fantasy aspects. There's so many different aspects that I love. Um, I think it's the best version of live action there is, in my opinion. People who would say, oh, that's fake stuff. How could you watch fake stuff? But we look at the movie theaters and the box office. Some of the most successful movies are DC... Marvel, stuff that's completely fiction. But then they, some people will look at wrestling and say, how could someone watch that? It's so fake. Chances are you, listening to this right now, watch something that's fake. Unless you're just only watching news, which is also could be fake, <laughs> but only watching reality-based stuff. Chances are you, you enjoy something that's fake. So... When people say that, I kind of laugh because Star Wars is one of the most successful franchises of all time. And it's one of the most far-fetched things I can imagine. But not to get on that rant real quick. I just want to tell you that wrestling has been a part of my life pretty much forever. And there's been times where I dipped in and out of it. Um, one of the times was around, I think, 2011. I kind of stopped watching, kind of lost interest for a little bit. And one thing that brought me back into it was a promo by a man named CM Punk. This guy completely went off. They call it the pipe bomb. If you want to go to YouTube, type in CM Punk pipe bomb. It's one of the best promos you'll ever see. He was just sitting on the ramp of the arena, just airing his grievances live on television. And I really, uh, I really connected with that. And I really thought it was... Something innovative, something that hasn't been done in a long time. And it got me back into it and I became an immediate fan of his. So, with that being said, fast forward, um, the guy leaves the company maybe four years, uh, three, maybe three years after that promo. Isn't satisfied with where he is in the company. Is done. Life goes on. WWE continues its success. Obviously, they're like Disney. They're like a monopoly of, at this point. Not much competition. This was around 2014, I believe he left. Fast forward 2018, 2019. Um, WWE has been really bad critically. Commercially, they're doing great. They're making the most money they've ever made based on USA Network 
giving them a billion dollars for Raw. Fox giving them a ton of money, probably similar to a billion dollars for SmackDown. They're making insane money on TV rights. They signed a deal. They sold their rights for their network to Peacock, which is an NBC um, parent company, their streaming network. They're making insane money right now. But critically, they're probably the worst they've been almost ever. As far as Monday Night Raw, which I'm sure everyone listening to this has heard of that name. Monday Night Raw was the premier show in wrestling, period. The best show possible for wrestling was Raw. Now, I would say for the last two and a half years, that show has sucked. That's been the worst show. One of the worst shows, period, in wrestling. Um, it's almost unwatchable. I I personally haven't watched it in months, at least not fully. I've seen clips here and there um, on YouTube, and I've DVR'd it, skimmed through it, stuff like that. But I've never watched, I mean, I haven't watched the full episode in months. That's how bad it is, and I love wrestling. So what people started to do, and what I personally started to do a few years back was look for alternatives because I love wrestling just because WWE is bad doesn't mean the genre is bad so I started to look elsewhere and shout out to Brian Campbell of CBS Sports he put me on to New Japan Pro Wrestling now New Japan been around since 1972 it's not something new it's just something that I personally didn't pay much attention to because uh the language barrier the commentaries in Japanese, the wrestlers obviously, most of them are Japanese, but they actually do, I didn't know, they do have American commentary. So once I found that out, I kind of ventured over there, got into it. Um, a lot of American speaking wrestlers were there Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, which is a tag team, um, Cody Rhodes, who was formerly in WWE, was over there. There was a lot of good English speaking talent along with. The great Japanese talent that was already there. So I immediately fell in love with it. I thought it was the best product, period. Um, by far better than WWE as far as in-ring style goes. As far as uh, even their storylines. Where they didn't do that much um, open promos like WWE. But you could tell, you could, you could follow their stories pretty easily. So I fell in love with that. I actually ended up subscribing to the New Japan World, which is similar to WWE Network. All their events are on there. It was like nine ninety nine a month. Well worth it. It was great, for, I believe, from... Maybe it was 2017, 2018, around there. 2017, 2018. So I'm following that. Loving everything they put out, pretty much. Um, fast forward to... Yeah, maybe it was 2018. I think it was 2018. Dave Meltzer, the most famous professional wrestling journalist there is. Been around forever. Covers everything. Definitely tuned in with the product on the world level. He got, The guy follows New Japan, All Japan, WWE. Followed WCW back in the day. ECW, everything. Guy knows it all. <clears throat> Someone mentioned to him... About there being um, a market for other promotions in the company. I mean, in the industry besides WWE. 
and I don't remember ex ex exact verbatim, but he definitely said something along the lines of nobody right now besides WWE in North America can sell out a 10,000 seat stadium. Cody Rhodes, former WWE wrestler, currently at that time was with New Japan and Ring of Honor, another like lower level American company took offense to that. He said, challenge accepted. People can't sell it at 10,000 arena. Okay. So this guy, Cody Rhodes, puts on an independent pay-per-view in Chicago, sells it out 10,000 plus easily, sells it out. Gets his guys in the industry, non-WWE wrestlers, put on a hell of a pay-per-view, one of the best pay-per-views in the last probably 15 years. It was a really good pay-per-view, especially for an independent. Proved Dave Meltzer wrong, sold out over 10,000. Put on a great show. It was critically acclaimed. It was called All In. He was all in on himself and did it himself. Proved him wrong. Proved that there is a market outside of WWE. There is a thirst for wrestling outside of WWE. Now, at that show was a super fan by the name of Tony Khan. Tony Khan just so happens to be the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a billionaire, who has more money than Vince McMahon, who I believe developed a part of the bumper that's probably on all of our cars now. So he developed um, a certain technology that made him a billionaire invested, became owner of the Jaguars, and I believe owns a couple soccer teams as well. So Tony Khan is at that event. Tony Khan fell in love with it, and immediately it sparked an idea. And it sparked something that told him there is an audience for pro wrestling outside of WWE in North America. For the first time, pretty much, since WCW got bought, in 2001. Now, that's not saying there aren't other companies since 2001. Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling have been surviving ever since, but they're just on a lower scale. They don't have a national television coverage. They don't have mainstream coverage at all, and they don't have as much money backing them. They have been successful, just not to the scale of WWE. So Tony Khan looks at the talent that were at that pay-per-view. Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Hangman Adam Page, guys that were very successful in New Japan and also proved to be successful for that independent pay-per-view. Looks at all these guys and all their contracts happen to be expiring at the same time. Their contracts with New Japan and Ring of Honor. And then he looks at a guy who's been in WWE since 99. Chris Jericho. His contract also was expiring. He did a little stint in Japan and up their subscribers by like 250%. No bullshit. Something around something similar to that number. 
around 200% increase in their subscribers because of Chris Jericho. So that shows that Chris Jericho moves the needle. These other guys show that they can move the needle when they sold out a stadium independently. All these guys' contracts are expiring at the same time. This guy has a billionaire package in his dad. He's also smart himself, runs a soccer team himself. And also, I believe, develops the technology for the Jaguars, like uh, next-gen stat type stuff for um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he has a business mind. He has the money to back it. He's a super fan of wrestling. He's not just someone that says, oh, wrestling. No, he actually is a fan. He was at ECW shows, I believe. It was either his Sweet 16 or, I believe, no, it was his, gra- his high school graduation gift. His dad, remember, his dad's a billionaire. His dad said, what do you want for, you, for your graduation? Anything you want. You know what he said? I want to go to ECW live. So that just shows how much of a fan he is. So this guy sees all this talent available at the same time. This audience that's clearly there. He says, I'm going to start my own company. Starts his own company called All Elite Wrestling because Omega, the Young Bucks, Hangman Adam Page, as a collective, they called themselves the Elite. We're the Elite of Wrestling. So they make the, he makes a company called All Elite Wrestling. Chris Jericho, he's got uh, Dean Ambrose, former WWE star. John Moxley, his real name, John, uh, his new name, John Moxley. He comes in. So he has the talent. He has the money. He ends up calling or getting in touch with Turner Broadcasting, TNT, which which if you're familiar with that, if you're familiar with WCW, you know WCW was on TNT. So he's got mainstream television coverage in TNT. He's got talent that is in their prime and hasn't been seen on American television in the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page. He's got a legend, Chris Jericho. And he's got another guy in his prime, former WWE star, well-known, Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley. So he has the talent. He has all the ingredients to start up a company. This company begins in 2019. Instantly starts selling out. Selling out everything. Every show they book, sold out quick. I'm talking like two minutes. These things are selling out fast. So the crowd's there, the audience is there, the passion's there, the money's there, the talent's there. This company launches on TNT, immediately has success in 2019. Um, I believe they ended the year kind of on a bad note. It kind of had people worried like, okay, is this going to really last? Because they had a bad couple episodes here. 2020 starts, they start kicking ass. They're on a roll. They, They corrected their wrongs. They're on fire. Then obviously COVID-19 hits, pandemic starts, shuts everything down. They're lucky though because Guy's father's the owner of the Jags, so they had an amphitheater right behind the stadium of the Jaguars. That saved the company because throughout the whole pandemic, they had a place to go where they weren't getting charged for uh, like renovations or anything. They weren't getting charged for the arena. They had their own place to be every week. They were at Daly's Place in Jacksonville every week throughout the COVID. 
and they had the best wrestling throughout the pandemic. They were smart enough to put people around the ring, whether it was wrestlers, a small amount of fans. They just had a good idea the whole time, whereas WWE was, was performing in empty arenas for months. Terrible. Unwatchable. Wrestling is all about reaction. Wrestling is all about getting the crowd to invest. And with no one there, it just made for awful few months for WWE. Finally, they they eventually changed as well to a Thunderdome and getting a few people inside. But AEW was doing that from jump. Just shows the mindset. Totally different. More innovative. But as soon as uh, fans came back this year, 2021, AEW has been on fire. They were... Um, they were moved off of TNT on Wednesdays because of the NBA playoffs. I will say throughout, I think it was like four or five weeks in a row, they kind of hit a hit a wall. They weren't really doing anything. It was kind of looking like they were mailing the episodes in. Not much was happening. You could have missed a few weeks and not really missed anything. But ever since crowds have been back, it's been on fire. Momentum's been picking up. Storylines have been progressing. New guys have been debuting. And it really just seems like they can't do anything wrong at the moment. So that takes us to this weekend. Remember that guy I mentioned earlier, CM Punk. On fire in WWE, was champion for almost a full year. Cutting incredible promos, putting out great matches after great matches. Left the industry, hasn't been back. Well... He is going to be back tomorrow night on TNT, Rampage, 10 p.m. in Chicago, his hometown, for AEW. Now, AEW has literally done everything except for say his name. They have not said his name once. They've hinted at it for weeks. There was rumors that he was in negotiations. After those rumors came out, AEW teased an announcement. Tony Khan, owner of the company, comes out. Says, August 20th, Rampage, the first dance in Chicago at the United Center. Going to be one of the biggest crowds in their history. Well, once they announced that, the place sold out. Why? Because you got CM Punk rumors... They announce that they're doing an arena show in Chicago, his hometown. They mentioned being the best in the world, which was his catchphrase. Uh, Kenny Omega, the, the AEW champion, has been wearing t-shirts the last few weeks. CM has long rumored to mean different things. Uh, CM Punk has always given different answers. He said... Cookie Monster, Chick Magnet, Chicago Made. I mean, every time you ask him, you'll get a different answer. Kenny Omega had a t-shirt on called Cookie, uh, a t-shirt of Cookie Monster a few weeks ago. Last uh, Wednesday night, he had a t-shirt that's a Chick Magnet on it. So, I mean, they're literally throwing it in your face. Like, hey guys, CM Punk is going to be here Friday, August 20th. When CM Punk debuts, that place is going to go insane. It is what AEW does after that will really decide 
how they are in the future? Can they sustain can they sustain this momentum? Can they capitalize on the new fans that will tune in to CCM Punk? And where do these numbers lie after that? It's, I think they're going to be up for the first few weeks. Just off speculation, can they sustain the new viewers is the question. I think they can. If you're a wrestling fan, you, tune on, you turn on AEW, I don't see how you won't like it. I mean, it's like a buffet. There's something for everyone. I think you'll find something you like, whether it's the athleticism, whether it's the unscripted promos, whether it's just seeing some of your favorite guys that you haven't seen in a while, there's going to be something for you. So tune in tomorrow night, Friday, August 20th, 10 p.m. on TNT. CM Punk will be there. And normally they air Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., their main show, AEW Dynamite which to me is the best wrestling show out right now. I don't work for them. I have no reason to lie. That's just my opinion. And as far as the weekend goes, you're saying, well, all we're getting is CM Punk debut? No. WWE is also holding their biggest event of the summer, SummerSlam. That's at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Completely sold out. Brand new stadium. They're putting on a WrestleMania-type card. Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Now, as bad as WWE has been the last few years, Raw has been horrible. SmackDown, I'd say the last year, has been okay. It hasn't been bad. Raw's horrible. SmackDown's decent. But one thing they do do, do do, <laughs> is deliver on big events. WrestleMania, to me, was great. Night 1 was awesome. Night 2 was really solid. SummerSlam, I have no doubt, will be fantastic. You got John Cena versus Roman Reigns. If you don't know who those two guys are, get off the podcast. Stop listening. They got Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Something about WWE for everything I knock. They have a great women's division, the best women's division ever. History of wrestling, period, bar none. The, the women's division today is incredible. Goes without saying. You watch that match, you'll see why. Seth Rollins versus Edge. If you haven't been a fan in a while, just thinking Edge. Yes, Edge. Edge is back. He wrestles. Seth Rollins, amazing athlete. So that should be a great match. That's three great matches right there. Another one. I'm not a fan of it, but hey, you might be interested. Bobby Lashley, absolute beast. Having the best run he's ever had in his career against a guy, you might have heard of him, Bill Goldberg. Me, personally, I can't stand the guy, but I do understand he is a huge draw. Some fans love him. I think he's garbage, but if you're into that, that's a match you might be interested in. So SummerSlam should be awesome. CM Punk debuting AEW. That's Friday. SummerSlam is on Saturday. Usually on Sundays, but this year it's on Saturday. Same night as Manny Pacquiao. And Sunday, NXT. NXT is a developmental 
company. Well, that's what it started as. It started as developmental, ran by Triple H, and Shawn Michaels is also heavily involved. These guys made a show that was the best show in wrestling for a while before AEW came along. They decided to go head-to-head with AEW. They got their asses kicked. They actually moved off in the day. They were going head-to-head on Wednesdays. Lost 90% of the weeks. Couldn't compete with AEW. I don't know why they did that. They moved uh, Tuesdays. And apparently Vince McMahon isn't happy with the company. And is planning on turning it back into strictly developmental. It was more than developmental for a while. They were even featured their championship on WrestleMania. It was just all action. Better promos. Better wrestling. Um, It was just better than the main stuff you would see on Raw and SmackDown. To me, it's fallen off a little bit. That's because most of their best talent has gone on to Raw and SmackDown. And they haven't been used well once they got there. For whatever reason, Vince and Triple H, I mean, it seems to me they're just not on the same page when it comes to their vision for NXT. And the rumors have it that NXT is going back to strictly like training new guys. And they're moving away from the smaller athletic guys, moving back to like bigger guys. Like you would see in the 80s, like 300 pounders. Uh, six foot six type guys, which do sell, but they got to be able to work. So this could Sunday they're having their event called Takeover. This could be their last event as like a main show. They're on USA Network. This is like a main television show, and apparently they're going back to developmental. So this could be the last of that breed. This could be more of a feeder for Raw and SmackDown, which are the main shows. So that's why I say this is such an important weekend. You got AEW about who is on fire right now, about to debut a guy who, I mean, they would chant CM Punk's name in Raw and SmackDown for years after he left. I mean, years. It's incredible. Guys will be having a bad match. Fans will just break out CM Punk out of nowhere. That's how over this guy is. He's loved. So trust me, Friday night, the place is going to go nuts. My only thing is, what are they going to do after that? That's where it's really important. If they can add viewers to their product, and the WWE can get better, because competition should make you better. If if WWE can smarten up their act, if AEW can make them, high tides raise all ships, right? Is that the saying? Everyone will get better Wrestling will be in a better place, seen by more viewers. They got great backing. USA Network, Fox, TNT, and TBS, which uh, AEW will be moving there next year. But they'll have TBS and TNT for AEW, Fox, and USA for for WWE. doesn't get much better than that. More eyes on the product, more jobs for more people. With all these different promotions. And AEW is also opening. They call it the Forbidden Door. They're working with New Japan. They're working with Impact. They're working with Ring of Honor. They're working with these other companies. Uh, NWA. They're working with even Mexico. They're working with everyone except for WWE. So this to me. Is what can help launch the third boom period. 
in wrestling. Let me know what you think. CM Punk's back. John Cena's in WWE. This is a great weekend for wrestling fans everywhere. Whatever side you're on, we're all on the same side of wrestling. If this can make the business better, it's better for us fans. More things to watch. And hopefully higher quality if these two companies can push each other to be great. Like we, like I said, the, the 90s, when you had WCW and Raw going back and forth, competing for ratings, competing against each other, trying to be better than the other. That's what made the best time in wrestling history. I think this, not saying it's going to be the same, but it can be really uh, similar as far, as far as competition goes, as far as making each other better, and as far as the best products we've seen in the past 20 years. I think it has very um, high chance of reaching levels that we haven't seen in a long time. They have the talent, they have the money, they have the backing. Let's execute it, and we'll see how it goes. That's all I have for you today. Like I said, Dynamite on on Friday night, SummerSlam on Saturday, NXT on Sunday. It's a loaded weekend. Also, Pacquiao-Ugas is uh, Saturday night. That should be a great fight. WWE supposedly is going to end before the fight. And if you're thinking there's something missing, there is something missing. The thing missing this weekend with me talking wrestling is my man, Tyler St. Jean. Where's he at? No, I'm kidding. This is uh, kind of a last-minute thing I decided to do. Tyler has been over at Grand Slam Fantasy Sports. Check that out wherever you find fine audio. For all your fantasy sports needs, they cover baseball, which is winding down, but they're also doing football, which is right around the corner. That's Grand Slam Fantasy Sports. You can follow him at... Tyler, uh, Tyler St. Jean at Birdman TS18. That's at Birdman TS18. Tell him we're coming for him. He's coming back to the wrestling podcast. I know he's been uh, uh, on and off the product lately as far as I know. At him, tell his ass he's got wrestling to record. I know he's busy with the fantasy stuff, but there's no better fantasies than pro wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh... Speaking of football, I'm actually doing a uh, season preview pretty soon. Stay tuned for that as Brian Gomes and I will tackle the season as we normally do, but we usually do it off the air. This year, we're going to record it. We're going to let you guys hear it. We're going to make our predictions for the whole season. We're going to do divisions. We're going to do playoffs. We're going to do Super Bowls. We're going to do MVPs. We're going to do it all. So you can see just how right or wrong we are at the end of the year, but that's coming soon. Still doing boxing every week. That's the main focus of this podcast. I'm going to do wrestling periodically, but I just wanted to get this out there before the incredible weekend that we have ahead of us. And that's it. Stay tuned. Share this podcast with anyone you know who likes wrestling, boxing, um, like I said, NFL in the future. And we're going to keep this momentum rolling. Have a great weekend. I'm out.